Uh, we are so excited today. We are finishing up. This is the last week of the You Asked For It series. Um, and so what happened is that Easter this year, um, we, we as a church and we as a staff, we pray um, and we prayerfully consider every message that we bring every Sunday. Um, it is a huge part of what we do every week. But uh, one of the things that we do every Easter is we hand out cards. And on those cards, we say, hey, what would you like to hear a message on? And in doing so, uh, they checked a number of different things, including like the end times um, and how to deal with discouragement and all of those things. And all of those messages are online at transformationchurch.com. You can view those. But the last one that we saved uh, for very last, which is what I'll be dealing with today, is a series called Help Me, I'm Stressed. Right? How many of you guys deal with stress? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. I figured we'd hit on that. Well, I know we did because you checked the box. So. Um, but we're going we're gonna to talk about stress, but we're, more importantly, we're going to look at what the Bible says and how we can deal with stress. So let's get on into it. Go ahead and get your sermon notes. If you've got a worship guide on the way in, you should have some sermon notes inside of there. And we are going to dive right in, okay? We're going to start out in Proverbs 17, 24, where it tells us that an intelligent person aims at wise action. So it takes aim or it, it focuses his attention on wise action. But fool, but a fool starts off in many, that should say directions is what it should say. Anyway, so, uh, but a fool starts off in many directions, right? And what that means is that we in our life, as, uh, if, if, to be wise, it means that we take aim. And how many guys wake up on some days, you know what you're going to do, you have your plans written out, you're going to go do it, you're going to take care of all these things, and by the end of the day, you realize you might have got to half of them, right? Am I talking to anyone in the house today, Right? Like, before you know it, like, you know, the dog peed in the living room and, like, you know, dinner, the chicken was bad, so you couldn't cook that. Like, the whole day just goes, am I talking to anyone else or is it just, okay, good. So how many guys know that, if, but an intelligent person, we aim specifically. But then how many, you know, there's, there's some of us and some days, it's me too, that our day is kind of just like wandering around. Like, we're just kind of like, we're, the day is so chaotic, we're almost lost half the time. Right? Anyone else deal with? Okay, good. I was just making sure we could change the whole message if we. Need. I'm just kidding. So, but they just get stressful. I mean, today. Take today for example. You know, today was the perfect storm at Transformation Church because uh, we have two in two complete rotations of musicians on our platform. We have two complete rotations of vocalists on our platform. We have almost three rotations of people in all the different areas of production that serve here every single Sunday, and they do a phenomenal job. But this week, yes, they do a great job. But this week, like half of them call, like, or out of town, right? Including pastor. So hence me playing drums and then running into the office, wiping off all my sweat, putting on this microphone and coming out here to preach. So it's just like, I understand what it means to be stressed out. You know what I mean? So how many guys know the last couple of days I've had to be very intentional about where my time went? So we have to, with intelligence, focus and aim at wise action. And so I wanted to tell you guys a story. So in my... Um, you know, some of the traveling that I was doing, uh, we got a chance to go to, to New York City, myself and my wife. We were in New Jersey and in New York. And when we flew out, we flew out on a, on a Thursday. Um, we flew out towards the end of the week, so I had to get all of my days lined up, right? So all, five days worth of work here at the church I had to do in three. So we knocked everything out. So we hustled to get that done, fly up there. We land in New York. And so, like, and as a pastor, if you go preach somewhere else on vacation, it's not vacation, okay? Like, 
just lay that out there. So we land in New York and New Jersey. We're doing a training Friday. We're doing a training Saturday morning and a training Saturday night. We're preaching Sunday morning, which is a five-hour church service. One five-hour church service. I don't know what they're thinking up there. Anyway, so, uh, and then we, then we do that. We go, and then uh, Monday um, was our day to relax. And by relax, I mean it was the day for my wife to drag me all around New York City. <laughs> because... First of all, how many of you, when you go on vacation, you like to just chill, right? Post me up on a sofa in the hotel, and I'm good for three days, right? No one bug me, turn my phone off, right? Not my wife. My wife's like, let's see how many stores we can go to in six hours, right? So needless to say, there was no resting on our vacation whatsoever. So Monday, Monday during the day, we're in New York City. And then Monday night, another training. Tuesday was our day to just like, okay, no trainings, no preaching, no anything on Tuesday. So uh, it, my wife did not fully understand the concept that you can't see all of New York in one day, right? But she said, we're going to try it in two, right? So like we're at the Statue of Liberty, we're in Manhattan, we're like, oh gosh. So, um, so But by Tuesday afternoon, right, so the whole week was chaos, by Tuesday afternoon, I finally, we get to sit down in the hotel and just like chill for about an hour, right? Before they get the bright idea, it was myself, my wife, and another couple were with us. And my wife, I think, convinces the other couple that it's a good idea that we go back into the city again. <laughs> so, and so in going into the city, right, I had that moment, and I'm sure some of you are going to know what I'm talking about, where my body shut down. Like my body was like, nope. You're not doing anything else. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like your heart starts racing, but everything feels numb. And you're like, and it, I, it, the, the other lady and the other couple that was with us, she even looked at me and was like, I don't think you're okay. Like my, my face was pale. Like I was fixing to pass out. I couldn't breathe. Like it was chaos. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm good. You know, but I was not like, and what happened is like all the stress and all the chaos and everything for the whole week when I finally got a chance to come down, I can just relax for a minute. Like it all started to hit me at one time. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like you can only run on rock stars and Red Bulls for so long. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, man. And, and so it started and it just hit me and I crashed. And like that, in that moment, I was like, I have got to chill. I am not 18 anymore, right? When I was 18, three hours of sleep, I'm good, right? Now I'm like, it was only 10, only 10 hours of sleep. So like we, we have to be more intentional. So all that is a that we have to put ourselves in a position where we're intelligent about what we do every day. Because if we're not, we're going to be a fool out there just not accomplishing what it is we want to accomplish, right? And then uh, if you're on vacation with your wife, then just schedule an extra day for her to do whatever she wants. That's the other point. You can write that on your notes. Anyway, so... But moving on. So all that to say is when our stress elevates, we want to look at a few things that happens when our stress elevates, and then we want to give you a few tips on how we can bring that down. You guys with us today? You ready to get into it? Everyone say stressed. stressed. Very good. Let's get into it. Number one, that when we're stressed out, the first thing that happens is our resistance is lower, right? My resistance is lower. So what happens when, when my resistance is lower? One thing in particular is we have a hard time saying no. And I would even go a step further to say we have a hard time saying no to sin, right? Like, man, you get caught up in those moments where you have an opportunity to choose the right thing and the wrong thing. If you're stressed out and you're exhausted, chances are, right, you're going to choose the wrong thing. 
even if we're not, anyways, but you know what I'm saying. Like, when we're stressed out, our resistance to refuse sin is lower. Luke 21, 34 says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and this one right here, the anxieties of life, right? And that day will close on you suddenly, like without even expecting it, it'll close on you suddenly like a trap. And so we have to understand that we have to recognize our resistance gets lower when we stress. The second thing that happens is that uh, our emotions are inconsistent. Our emotions are inconsistent. You say, Pastor, prove it. Check this out. How many of you guys ever came home stressed out from work, right? And like one bad thing goes wrong, you're screaming at your wife, you're kicking the dog, right? Like, right? you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Our emotions become inconsistent. Like, it only takes one small thing. And I can prove this is true, because get stuck in traffic after a long day at work, right? <laughs> you're saying words you hadn't heard since high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, Why? Man, like, you know, and then you find out the person next to you is like 90, and now you feel bad, so you're going through all that. It's just, it's crazy. So our emotions get inconsistent, right, whenever we're dealing with stress, and we all get that way. And so, and, and this is what tends to happen, right? And a lot of you have had this conversation either with me or with someone else or even with your spouse. You say something, and an hour later, you have to go back and apologize, and you're like, that's not me. Like, that's, that's not the real me. I'm, I don't even know where that came from. Well, the problem is you got too much going on, man. Like you're too stressed out. And we have to lower our stress level so that our emotions can be more consistent. I was talking to a buddy of mine. He said, man, I just, our, our, my marriage is rocky. I said, bro, she don't know which one of you is coming home every night. Right? Like you just got to chill. So our emotions become inconsistent. So here's this, I want this statement. I want, you to, I want you to write this down if you can, but I want you to read it out loud with me real quick. This is something that I have practiced. Read it out loud. It says, it is what it is. Oh, that's terrible. You guys can do better than that. Read it out loud. It is what it is, and it's going to be what it's going to be. See, some of y'all need to take that attitude right there. Right? Because some, like, listen, a while back, I would get to the point, if I was, like, running late to an appointment, I'm freaking out. Like, I'm gripping the steering wheel, like, fixing to break it off, like, just... I'm stressed out because I'm running late to everything. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Ah, you know, like stressing out. And finally, man, I don't know what it was. Maybe the Lord dropped it in my spirit, or maybe I halfway fell asleep at the steering wheel. I'm not sure which one it was. But nonetheless, I was like, you know what? It is what it is. And it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm going to get there when I get there. And, like, immediately my stress level was just like, Because I was like, all this stress is not going to get me there faster. I can yell at the person in front of me all I want to. I can yell at the person in the drive-thru line, all I want to. I can yell at the bank teller, all I want to. And you don't realize that microphone is on, but it is. You can do all that all you want to. All the bank tellers in here are like, yes, yes, we hear what you say every time you say But like, you can do all that. It's not going to change. All you, you just have to, it is what it is. And some of y'all need to take this attitude. Now, listen, if you're 10 minutes late to everything all the time, that's a you problem. That's not a stress problem. You need to wake up earlier. Don't look at the person next to you. Some of y'all are like, mm. <laughs> Saw a lot of husbands looking at their wives. Mm. You can make it look like you're rubbing your nose all you want to. Like this. No, like, if, you, if it's every day, then you just need to set your alarm or change every clock in your house. One of the two, right? But, but for those of you that just stress out on the occasional time that you're late, 
Listen, a pastor taught me this a while ago. He said, the world survived without you, and it will survive without you. You don't have to be everyone's hero. And some of y'all in this house, you got to stop trying to be everyone's hero. Some of you are your family member's bank, your family member's babysitter, your family member's father, family member's mother. You're, you're everything. You know, people that don't even, aren't even related to you. You're trying to be everyone's hero all the time. Stop being everyone's hero. Be your family's hero, for God's sake. Some of, some of us are neglecting our family so that we can save the world. Right? And we wonder why we're stressed out. No. Take care of yours. Right? That's not even in my notes, but that's good. One, somebody need it. Anyway, it is what it is, and it's going to be what it's going to be. The third thing that happens is my productivity suffers. My productivity suffers, right? Listen, I'm the kind of guy, I burn candle at 16 different ends. Like, that's me. That's how I operate. I, it's the way I'm wired, I guess. I'm not good at being bored. I don't know what it is, but it's just, I, for example, I own one company. I'm in the middle of starting a second company, and I work full-time at the church, and half the people see what I do here at the church, and they're like, man, your plate is full. I'm like, you have no idea. Like, I have two other jobs when I leave here, right? Why? I'm just, I'm wired that way. But it's the, it's the, the principle of uh, sharpening the saw. What I mean by that is this. If you would take a moment and sharpen your blade, the tree that's taking you 50 strokes to cut down could be cut down in one. If you would just stop for a minute, and like, take a moment to relax, take a moment to rest. In other words, you would accomplish more by resting some and working the rest than by working all of it. Because our productivity suffers when we're stressed, when we're under all those burdens, when we're stressing out. And I'm that guy, man, I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you guys that when we have to take some off of our plate and realize that we're over there just like hammering away at life, at work or whatever. And if we would stop for a second, we would be much more productive in the time frame that we have than what we have. And it kind of works like, uh, it works like, it's kind of like tithing. Like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that we give 10% to God and he does more with 90 than we could do with a hundred. Like that doesn't make sense, but it works. And it's the same way with our time. It doesn't make sense that we would get more done by giving 10% of our time to God or to, to relax or just take a break. We'll get more done with the 90% than we would with a hundred percent just working all the time. Does that make sense? Some of y'all looking at me like I got three heads. What? <clears throat> what is a day off? What are you talking about? You need to take one. So our productivity suffers. Check these, uh, the, the scriptures out. Proverbs 21.5 says, Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run, but hurry and scurry puts you further behind. How many guys know that's the truth? Amen. Proverbs 19.2 says, A person in a hurry makes mistakes. Prime example, pastor is, like I said, out of town. And so uh, because he's out of town, he, uh, all that kind of responsibility falls on me, you know, all, just making sure everything's taken care of for Sundays. Not only that, our administrator's out of town, which when that happens, you can forget anything happening around this church. I'm just letting you know right now. Heather leaves, the whole church is shut down. So, um, so she's out of town, pastor's out of town. Uh, and then I signed up to run sound at Reimagine yesterday. We had Reimagine. Yes, it was awesome. It was a great event. Uh, we have Reimagine. What Reimagine is, is we go into different areas of the community. So yesterday was Montclair. Went into Montclair and we gave away food. We gave away diapers and pillows and blankets. And I don't, I don't even know what the food, all kinds of stuff. So we were giving away stuff. But I signed up to run sound, to set up a sound system, run sound, break down the sound system. All, everything that goes into that before I found out pastor was going out of town, right? Which made 
getting ready for today very difficult, right? Hence the reason why the first slide of this sermon was wrong, right? <laughs> because my productivity was suffering because I was stressed out and way too busy. So all that to say, take a lesson from me, right? Like I was, as soon as I, and I didn't even realize it. And Kyle sends me proofs of them. I didn't even realize it until I was preaching last service. And I was like, that's not what it's supposed to say, right? It's like, darn. So, like, it's a shame when it happens to you and you're the one preaching. But it happened. Like, so our productivity is going to suffer if we're all stressed out. And so then uh, the next one is, and, and another part of the productivity thing, how many guys have ever been, like, looking for your phone for 10 minutes that was in your hand? <laughs> right? You're flipping over the couch. Honey, I swear it's around here somewhere, right? Are the glasses that's on your head, right? Right? You're looking in the refrigerator. I don't know where they're at, honey. They're not by the milk. I don't know. Right? Why? Because well, we're just running ragged. Like our mind is everywhere. <laughs> right? We got to slow down because our productivity is definitely suffering, right? Can't find the car keys that are in your car. Anyways, moving on. So the next thing is that my life loses meaning. Our life loses meaning. And when we get so stressed and so stuck, working on what I call the grind, right? What is the grind? You wake up, you go to work, you come home, you eat, you go to sleep, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, you eat, you go to sleep, you wake up. And before you know it, like three years have gone by, you know? And it's because we're stuck in the grind. And our whole thing is this, that you're forgetting, when you, when you get to this point with your stress level and your burden and your workload that your life starts to lose meaning, you're living outside of the purpose that God built you for. What I mean by that is this, that... God built you for a very specific reason, right? Number one, you're not an accident. Like, I don't care if you were planned by your parents or not. Like, God has a specific purpose in mind for you. We as a church believe that, and we want to help you find that. But, so you weren't, God didn't make you because he said he formed you in your mother's womb. So it wasn't like he made you and was like, okay, now what's this one going to do? I got an idea. Like, that's not how it worked, all right? God said, I want a person that's going to fulfill this purpose, that's going to accomplish these tasks, that's going to be in this place at this time. 2015, they're going to be in Pensacola, Florida. They're going to do this. And, and so I'm going to build that person, and that person is so-and-so, right? And the person is Brad Livingston. And so in doing so, he built you with a very specific purpose in mind. And so what we want to do as a church, our goal as a church, is to help you find that purpose and then live it out. And that's what the growth track does for us. So you see them talking about the growth track. The whole point of the growth track is we want to figure out what God built you for and let's help you find it so that you can do it. Amen. We, there, I mean, listen, there's a lot of churches and there's a lot of people and there's a lot of places you can work and do fun stuff and all of that. But most of them are so you can help that person. Listen, we don't want you to help us. We want to help you. Let's find your purpose and figure out what God has built you for. Because he's already given you the gifts. He's already given you the talents. Let's plug you into that. So your life loses Meaning, Psalms 39.6 says, we are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing, right? Like, because the days are just crazy. And so we want to do that. So Growth Track, again, tonight is 401, uh, 6 p.m. right in the sanctuary. We would love to see you come out to that. But get plugged into the Growth Track and let's figure out what God built you for and let's get you doing it, right? We're busy enough doing all the things we don't care to do. How many of you guys do something every week you have no care to do, Right? Everyone's like, work, work. Yeah, I don't care. Right? <laughs> we, how many guys would enjoy doing something that 
How many guys would enjoy doing something that you were built for? Like you would, feel, you would feel purposeful doing that, right? We want to help you do it. So get plugged into the growth track. We'd be more than happy to help you out with that. Moving on. And then the next one is, and this is probably the last one, but the most important one is that my relationship with God seems distant. My relationship with God seems distant. And unfortunately, this is the most important, but if we're honest, this is usually the first to go. Like we start getting stressed and our life gets busy and everything gets crazy. This is the first, like our relationship with the Lord is the first thing that suffers from us being stressed out, right? And people are always like, well, why is that? I don't understand. Well, number one, because your kids are standing right in front of you. Your spouse is standing right in front of you. Your job, you're going to that today, right? So all these things are tangible and they're right in front of you. And our relationship with the Lord is something that's very, very real. But how many guys know like we don't see God standing right in front of us? So he gets pushed to the back burner so all the things that we can see get taken care of first. And God's like, hey, hello. Right? And let me tell you what doesn't work. Because here's a principle that I learned. If it's not important enough for you to start your day with it, you won't end your day with it. So a lot of people are like, well, I'll just make sure I pray right before I go to sleep. No, you won't. Half of you fall asleep with your laptop in your lap. Right? Why? Because your life is that busy. And so the whole thing is, is if it's, because a lot of people, well, I'll just make sure I pray. I'm going to read my word before bed. No, you won't. Because we're all busy and we're all tired, right? How many, how many guys have ever fell asleep like in the exact outfit you wore all day, right? Like you just fell into your bed, boom, you're out until the next morning, right? Or until the dog licks your face or whatever. Like, so I have two pit bulls at the house, so, and one of them insists that he's a human for one and number two, that he has to be in your bubble at all times. So if, you, if you've ever met my dog Thor, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyways, but yeah, that our relationship with God suffers, but a lot of that comes from a lack of, so we have to make sure that we prioritize our relationship with the Lord. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I just give glory to God for a minute. Like, I, I wouldn't go into an all-out worship set or anything, but I just, like, take a few minutes, like, God, thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you use me, you know, et cetera. Just, like, acknowledging who he is and pray for a minute, and then I get into my devotion. I read the word. Matter of fact, on Mondays and Wednesdays, um, me and Jabin have a devotion every morning, which is really dope. Um, I've made that a priority that me and, me and Jabin have our own devotions on Mondays and Wednesdays. Those are the mornings that I actually have him. And ironically enough, I have to tell you this story. The other day, I'm going to do it without crying. I, did, I was unsuccessful in the first service, but I can do it in this one. So the other day, I was, I was sitting with Jabin, and I was telling him the story about Noah. And for those of you who don't know, my son has a fatal brain or a fatal, what the doctors are calling a fatal disease, but we're believing that God is supernaturally going to heal his body. Yes. But so not as a typical two and a half year old that will sit there and interact with you. Um, he kind of, we know that he can hear us and we believe that he genuinely understands a lot of what we say, but he won't necessarily look at you or focus on you a lot. And so you're, you're speaking, believing that God is allowing him to hear these things. That makes sense. So anyways, uh, I was talking, I was telling the story about Noah and the ark. And so I was telling him, I said, yeah, you know, God tells Noah, hey, Noah, you need to build a boat. And Noah's like, oh, okay, what's a boat? <laughs> right? And God's like, that's what people use when it floods. He's like, oh, okay, what's a flood? Right? 
Keep in mind, like they had never seen rain. So he's like, that's what happens when it rains. He's like, oh, what's rain, right? So like, this is the conversation. Y'all need to read your Bible this way. I'm telling y'all, man. So Noah's like, what's rain? What's a flood? What's a boat? And so God says, you need to build a boat. He says, I'm telling you, this is coming. You need to do what you need to do to take care of it. Here's the plans. He gives them all the plans. They built the boat. You guys know the story for the most part. Get the animals, blah, 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 right? The flood comes. And so God, while I'm speaking to Jabin about this, God drops in my spirit that I'm telling Jabin this, that we have to build according to the promise, not according to what we have not seen, right? And so the doctors have never seen anyone healed of this disease, but it doesn't stop what God has already promised us, right? And like, so I'm trying to tell, I'm trying to give it, yeah, absolutely. I, I was trying to give a devotional to Jamin and I'm like crying and I can imagine he's like, what in the world is going on right now? So, uh, but nonetheless, we have to start our morning out, number one, acknowledging who God is and telling him, I'm giving you control of my life. Use me today. Help me make wise decisions. Help me stay focused on what you want me to do today and help me live according to what you would have. Man, I can promise you, if you just do that every morning, you're probably still gonna get upset in traffic, but you just won't yell at the guy or at least you won't use those words. No, I'm just kidding. But whatever it takes, like, we just have to give God those moments, right? So our relationship with God suffers. And so it says that um, Ecclesiastes 4.6 says, that it is better, next one, says that it is better to have only a little with a peace of mind than be busy all the time, right? And so one of the things, I worked in the corporate world, I was successful in the corporate world at what I did. I made plenty of money, everything was great. But my purpose, what I knew I was built for was to be in ministry because I love pastoring people. I love working with all of you guys. I love being available. I love doing life together. I just love every bit of what I do here. Not even necessarily just preaching, but pastoring, being friends with and building relationship with all of you. That's why all of our dream team that serves every week, man, if you, if you ask any of them, hopefully they'll tell you, I try really hard. Every time I walk somewhere, man, I'm shaking someone's hand. I'm telling you how much I appreciate them and what they do at this church. Why? Because that's what I was built for is to be an encourager and help people understand that God loves them and wants to use them and do everything in their life. So that I love doing that. So that's why I took a huge pay cut to come on staff here. Could I have kept that job and still done what I do? I could have. But could I have done it well? No. And so sometimes it's better to have a little with a peace of mind than to just be busy. And some of us, we need to find our purpose and start doing that and start saying no to everything else. Everyone here, just say no. See, you are able to do that. So next time someone comes to you and says, hey, can me and my six kids live with you? The answer is, no. right? Some of, y'all, some of y'all got that one down. No, no, no. Right? So we have to work on that. So here's the deal. So moving on. Uh, so I want you to get this thought and experience on your notes. See the next blanks you want to fill in. It says, the distance between the truth I know and the truth I live equals the pain I experience. And so here's the idea. I probably haven't told you anything you didn't know already today, right? Like none of this was like a boom moment in your head. You know all this. So the question is, because we talk about stress a lot around here, and we, we deal with helping people move past things. So the thing is, why don't we do it? Well, I believe that there's a, the distance between the truth I know and the truth that I live is the pain that we experience. And so what we want to do is shrink that gap between what you know we should be doing and what we're actually doing. 
And so we want to give you some steps on how to do that. So moving on. So how do I do that? What's going to help me lower my stress? I get it. I get it, Pastor. I get it. I need to be less stressed. So I need some help on how we're going to do that. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give it to you right now. So the first thing I want you to do is uh, this statement right here. And I believe it's on your notes. But if it's not, you can write it down. And it's the keep the Sabbath day holy. That's the first thing we want you to do. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Now you can leave that up there for a minute, Kyle, because we're going to break this down for just a second. So the first thing we want you to do, the first word in that is we want you to keep it. Keep it, right? Some of us are good for like a Sabbath day. What do I mean by Sabbath day? A day where you do nothing, right? Like you don't go to work. You you just like chill, right? Like maybe, and you can do things. I'll explain to you in a second. So we want to keep it, right? The important thing is that we keep it. And and people, uh, how many guys ever heard of uh, this amazing God-given, anointed, supernatural place called Chick Fil A? Right? It's fried chicken, man. If you don't like it, you can move to Russia or something. I don't know what they do over there. No, I'm just. Right, but we need to keep it. But Chick Fil A, Dan Cathy, uh, the founder of Chick Fil A, said that when he started the business, that they were going to be closed on Sunday because he was respecting the idea of the Sabbath. And every person in the industry was like, "You're crazy! It'll never work. You have to be open on Sundays." Well, I think it has proven to be a pretty successful business model, right? Why? Because he gives that day where they're taking it off. Now, I, as a consumer, am not always very happy about it because for whatever reason, I want Chick-fil-A more on Sunday than I want it on any other day. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Like, man, some waffle fries and a chicken sandwich would be so good right now. Oh, wait. So, but nonetheless, it works. And then the next part is the Sabbath day. Underline day. It is not a Sabbath hour. Right? So just coming to church does not qualify as the Sabbath day. Right? I came to church today, Sabbath day. We're good. Right? No. The whole day. So here's a recommendation I have for you. Those of you out there who tend to have too much stress in your life, today, after church, I want you to cancel all your plans. Cancel everything. Whatever you had planned, cancel it. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go home after church today and you're going to take a nap. Right? The T.D. Jake's face. Glory. You know, like, yes. You're going to take a nap. Then when you wake up from your nap, you're going to look over at your wife and you're going to say, honey, let's go take a walk. And once you pick her up off the floor, right, she's looking at you like, you're going to take that walk. When you get back from the walk, you're going to order pizza or Chinese or for those of you healthy people, you can order salad or whatever. <laughs> right? You're going you're gonna to order something to eat? Listen to me. You're going to eat it on paper plates? You're welcome, Mom. Right? Because you're gonna, this is going to be a day where you do nothing except just enjoy the moment that you're in. Right? How many guys, like, I'm, I'm talking about it because it's funny, but it's funny because we never do it. Right? Seriously, it's like, well, we're out of church, you know, let's go knock the house down and build a new one or whatever. Like, we got to slow down long enough, 
Like, right? We just fill every day up with stuff. Man, when the Bible said that the days are going to get shorter, it's not that God's going to start knocking numbers off the clock. It's that we're, we're literally going to add so much to our day that it feels like the day is shorter. How many of you guys have ever looked down at your watch at night at 7.30 p.m. and you're like, where did today go? Because there's too much stuff in our life. We got to take time to slow down. I would encourage you on your Sabbath days, chill. Just chill, Okay. Some people are like, well, the Sabbath is the Old Testament. No, nonsense. Check this out. Hebrew 4, 9 and 11 says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. We just got to chill sometimes. And so we also got to recognize, like I said, that more gets done when we stop doing so much. So what should the day look like? Well, number one, I think you should wake up every day but especially on the Sabbath and just worship God for a minute. I usually turn on some worship music and just kind of focus on him, right? This is the Sabbath day. I do it every day, but I'm very intentional about the Sabbath day. And then prayer, right? And then in doing, in, 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 I just pray, pray to God, take a moment for our devotions. And then I, it's important that you do three things in the Sabbath. We want to give this to you real quick. The first thing is that it's important that, and we turn it into I wills, but I will rest my body. You just need to rest, man, like, Chill. So I will rest my body, right? So like I said, you need to relax. And I I would ask you this as a pastor, but some of you need to make sure you're getting enough sleep, right? Like some of us know we're not getting enough sleep. I have a two and a half year old at the house. I'm not getting enough sleep, right? But we need to make it a point to make sure that's, (laughs) my dad comes over all the time. He's like, hey, you know, do you want me to watch Jabin tonight? Like, Here's the book bag. You know what I mean? Like, when, yes, yes, we would love for you to watch Javen tonight, right? Um, and then when that happens, I go sleep in the guest room and Ashley sleeps with the dogs. Seriously. We have two 85-pound dogs that hop all over the house. And she, Ashley can sleep through anything. Hurricane, snowstorm, World War III, doesn't matter. She can sleep through the whole thing. Me, if I think I felt something like crawling on my arm or like if I think I smelled something, I'm like, what is that? Who's, what's happening? You know, someone's trying to break in, whatever. Like, I'm that person, right? She's just like, huh, what? So, so on, on those days, I go to the guest room and I sleep on the guest bed. She sleeps with the dogs and they're all like intertwined like through her legs and around her arms and Thor who thinks he's a baby human has got his head up on her neck and it's the craziest. Anyways, so I go sleep in the other room to make sure that I get rest. Why? You guys gotta make sure you're getting enough rest. Are you getting enough sleep? It's very easy. That's not spiritual necessarily. That's just like, hey, sleep more, okay? But it'll lower your stress, I promise. And so uh, then the next thing, is that I want you to, or it says that I will, and it's I will replenish my soul. And for soul, some people would say like our emotions, like, man, I need to replenish my emotions, <laughs> right? And so we do that with three different things. We're gonna give these two really fast. The first one is with quietness, right? See, some of y'all need like moments of solitude in your day. On my way home from work almost every day, I pull into the Winn-Dixie parking lot on Nine Mile Road and I sit there for about five minutes and do nothing except occasionally make fun of people that walk past my truck. 
It's just my personality. I'm terribly sorry. But for the most part, it's dead quiet in there, and I'm just like, why? Like, just relax for a second. And to be honest with you, a lot of times I'm just listening, and sometimes God will just, like, speak to me. But, just, like, some of us just need, we just need some quietness, right? We just need a break. The next one is with enjoyment. With enjoyment. You need things that you enjoy on that Sabbath day, man. You need to do stuff that you're going to enjoy. So for me, uh, and it's whatever for you. First of all, the Sabbath day is not necessarily, it doesn't have to be Sunday. It can be any day. My Sabbath day is on Mondays. Some of our other staff, their Sabbath day is on Saturdays. Like, it doesn't matter what day it is. For me, it's on Mondays. Because um, uh, being a pastor, Sundays is not your day off. Praise God, right? So Lionel Richie didn't know what he was talking about. He obviously was not a pastor. Easy like Sunday morning is not the case. So, um, so we come in, and when we have to, we, we, we work on Sunday. So on Monday for me, and it's one word, outside. Like I have to, my Sabbath consists of anything that has to do outside. Sometimes it's basketball. Sometimes it's shooting guns. A lot of times it's shooting guns, to be honest with you. But it, could, it can be a number of things. But it's usually going to be outside, and it's usually going to be, and then my second thing that I do is Mondays I go technology-free. Like I don't use technology on Mondays. So if you call me, there's a good chance you won't get an answer, right? Like, I check my phone about every other hour to make sure that my wife, you know, hasn't won the lottery or whatever. So, but other than that, like, I don't usually have technology. I don't watch TV. I don't usually get on Facebook, no social media. Why? Because I need to, like, dial all that out. I'm a graphic designer. I work in the media department here at the church. So the last thing I need is more technology on my day off. And some of you need to figure out what it is you want on your day off to just, like, relax and get away from it all. Okay? So important. And then, in addition to that, one of the things that I do also is food. Praise God. I knew I'd get amen in the house for that one, right? Everyone's like, yes, yes, so a food, right? As a matter of fact, talking about stress and food, um, how many guys know? Go ahead and throw to the call, stressed, right? And what is stressed backwards? Praise God. It's desserts. You see there? I'm not making this up, people. Right? So if on your Sabbath day you need a scoop of chocolate ice cream or three with some chocolate chips on top and some chocolate chip cookie dough, some chocolate sprinkles with chocolate syrup, whipped cream, cherries, whatever, whatever it is that you need, right? Some of you guys are like, oh, right, brownies. So whatever it is, like, but for me, so it's food. It's food also, Right? And then also just like laughter, man. I, I just like to laugh, hence, you know, whatever. But, and then the third thing, uh, a part of, part of Replenish My Soul is that we need to do it with people. With people. Some of you are like, no, 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 no. I need to get away from people. <laughs> like, I need a day where I'm not around them. Well, the problem is you need to change the them. Struck a chord, did I? Right? Like you need to change the them. Right? What you need is people that are going to encourage you around you on that day. You need people that are going to uplift you. You need people that are going to be a part of, you know, praying for you and make you feel like you can take on the day. You're going to need people that can pour into you. You're going to need people that make you feel capable, that are going to encourage you. All of those things, that's what you need. And some of you out there right now are like, man, just tell me where that's at and I am going. Right? Easy. It's called small groups. Right? 
and we're two weeks into this semester, and I can promise you, I don't care who you are, there's a small group for you, basketball, refit, guns, food. We got like eight food small groups, game nights, whatever, like what date nights, marriage small groups. There are small groups out there, but you need to get with people that are going to encourage you and uplift you and speak life into you so that all this craziness that goes on in life around you can start to kind of feel a little more distant as people encourage you. Amen? Get into a small group. Let's do it today. You can sign up. We have laptops out there in the info center. I don't know if the orange didn't set up, but we got laptops set up right up in the info center. Go sign up today. Sign up today for a small group, okay? So check that out. Hebrews 10.25 says this, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And then the third one, and this is the last one, we'll get ready to, to close down, is that I will refocus my spirit. I will refocus my spirit. And I added on God to the end. I will refocus my spirit on God. That some of us need to get into a place just in life and just in general where we allow the Lord to be in control again and we just start focusing on allowing our spirit to, to be focused on him. And some of us are so stressed out because our relationship with the Lord is just completely suffering because of everything else going on in life. And it's like, man, if we would refocus our spirit on God and we would focus on who he is, a lot of those things in our life would actually kind of fall by the wayside. And so we have to focus on that. I want to read this. And if I could ask, I don't want really, if I could ask, no one move around for the next couple minutes because I kind of want to, I want to pray this over you. It's a series of scriptures that I kind of want to speak over your life and pray over you for just a minute um, as we get ready to shut it down. Uh, and so you can pray either, you can listen to this with your eyes closed or you can read along with me on the screen. Um, but it's based in Psalms 92. And it says, a song or a song for the Sabbath day. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. It says, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. And I think every Sabbath, man, you need to wake up in the morning, proclaim who he is. Man, he's an amazing God who loves us so much. And then we need to proclaim his faithfulness at night. He's faithful. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. And what he's saying there is that the horn being the strongest part of the ox, that he's saying he wants to exalt your strength. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to gird you up today. He wants to help you. And then it says, fine oils have been poured out on me. And the fine oils are the anointing that God wants to anoint you. He wants to grant you time in his presence. He wants to, to just anoint you for the day. And then it says that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. And then it says that they will still bear fruit in old age. Not that I'm calling you old. They will stay fresh and green. And how many guys would like that? I don't care if you're 15. I don't care if you're 55. I don't care if you're 85. How many guys know that we would love, man, that the spirit of God taking control of who we are 
and us surrendering and, and acknowledging who God is and, and refocusing our spirit on God, man, he can give you a rejuvenation and a strength to take on anything that comes in your path. But as long as you're trying to do it on your, by yourself, and that's why the Sabbath day is so important, guys, it's because when we don't take time out to just spend it with the Lord and rest, we're telling God that we don't need his help. We can accomplish everything on our good works. When we don't take a day and spend it with the Lord or just take a day off the way God designed us to, we're telling him, I'm good enough on my own to accomplish what I wanna accomplish. I don't necessarily need your help. But when we take the day off, we're saying, God, I need you because you're gonna do more with the six days than I could do with seven. And so we wanna stay fresh and God wants to breathe life into you. He wants to let you rest and let you relax and let you de-stress, man. All of those things kind of fall by the wayside. And when you spend that moment with God in the mornings and you acknowledge his presence in the morning and you do that, you are starting the day off allowing God to rejuvenate your spirit for everything you're gonna come in contact with today. How many of you guys are ready to do that? Amen. De-stress and just let God take control. Close your eyes all across this place. Father, we just speak to every person that's in this house, God. Or that all of us are stressed. And we deal with stress. Stress is just part of life. It's part of having kids. It's part of working. It's part of it's just life. Stress comes. But God, we just pray that you would be exalted above all things. God, we want to surrender ourselves to you, Father and allow you to take control over those things in our life, God, that seem to be stressing us out and we would stay focused on the right things. God, we would stay focused on all of the right things, not just the good things, God. We thank you for that. If you're in this house with all of the heads bowed and every eye closed in this place, the part of this message we want you to understand is that you have to, these principles only work if your life is centered with a relationship with Jesus. And we can talk to you about stress all we want to, but what you have to understand is that a relationship with Jesus has to be the most important thing in your life for these principles to work. And if you don't know him today, you say, I don't know Jesus. He's not in control of my life. Maybe you've heard about Jesus or you know about Jesus or you once knew Jesus, but you don't know him. But before you leave this place, you say, I wanna know that I have my, right, my life right with the Lord as I leave this place and he can line the rest of this up that I learned today. But I wanna surrender my life to Christ. I want him to take control. I want him to take the broken pieces of me and put them back together. I want to know God today. Would you just raise your hand? I want to know God today. Praise God. Amen. Amen. All across the room. Praise God. You can put your hands down once you raise them. We're not going to come to you. We're not going to point you out. I want to know Jesus. And I want him to take control of my life today. If you raised your hand or you didn't or you're watching us even on live stream, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And everyone in this building is going to pray this prayer, not just you. Everyone's going to pray. And if you pray this and you mean it in your heart, you're saved. Just say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. Take my life. Make it yours. I want to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that prayed it. Perhaps for the very first time, we celebrate with you.
Thank you so much. Even on live